great differences on the path. The destination is the same. Our vision here is inspiring the recognition of spirit at all, in all, and we are delighted that you have chosen to be here today because I tell you, your spirit is going to be ignited. You are in for a treat. Oh, la, la. If you are new to our center, I invite you to stop at the welcome table and pick up a package that we have for you. We have a gift, and there will be someone there that can answer any questions that you might have about our philosophy, our teaching, or our center. So we love to come together and sing or sing together as a congregation. So please join us in standing and singing our congregational song. So notice our stage is a little emptier today. Uh, Sue is back east with her family, and they are, um, I don't know if the word is celebrate. <laughs> her mom's having her, they're having her mother's memorial service. So any thoughts and prayers you want to send towards Sue would be welcome. And uh, we miss her on the stage, so I'm going to ask you to fill in for Sue and just sing a little louder and help me out here. As long as the rivers flow, as long as the grass is green, as long as the children
We have many wonderful things happening here at the center, and I'd like to highlight a few of them for you so you can put them on your calendar this week. As well, take the calendar home that's in your program and that you can have it on your calendar and know everything that's happening. Our Power Parenting class is happening today with Dr. Gantz France and Reverend Connie Neeson. They are facilitating this workshop on Parenting for Success. There is a flyer in your program. It is starting at 1 o'clock after today's service, and you can still sign up at the events table. In addition, our guest speaker is Dr. Gantz today, and he will have material at the back table. You can purchase that today as well for many of his other wonderful programs he has. We're so excited by popular demand. We have some wonderful classes happening this summer. Our Science of Mind 201, The Mind-Body Connection, Magical Parenting, and a day class entitled Heartfelt Communication. Again, see the flyer in your program for many wonderful opportunities. Our friend Jack Fowler is coming on Friday, June 12th from 8 until 9.30 p.m. will be his concert. We sing many of his songs here. He's a New Thought musician that is well-loved in our movement. So please take a look at the flyer. It has a bit of his bio. We will be offering a golden hour as well. It's kind of like a VIP-type night, golden hour. includes a social mixer with complimentary wine and appetizers, a signed Jack Fowler CD, and priority seating for the concert. So all of those details are in your program. You've heard us talking about the Circle of Love gathering happening in Kelowna. Today is, no, tomorrow is the last day for the early bird special price. So take a look at that program. Come join us in Kelowna for this beautiful, wonderful retreat where you get to commune and be with yourself and that most wonderful spirit within. As well, our Trance of Scarcity books have arrived for those community book studies that are still happening. Check at the back table if you'd still like to sign up for one of those community book studies. And if you haven't got the book yet, it's a great book and really allows you to live the most lavish life. And I know you are living a lavish life because you have chosen to be here today. And I'm just in anticipation of all the wonderful things we have, starting with our fabulous musician, featured soloist, Robin. You know, there's... Every Sunday here is magical. And there are some Sundays that are just magical. And I know what you're in store for, so I feel like you. I'm just so excited. Just, just you wait. Just you wait. So the song I'm going to sing has to do with what you're going to hear about, and it is that voice inside that tells you to do that, that crazy thing sometimes that you think, What? And you'll hear a story about that, that voice. And it's that voice that tells you you are never alone, you are never lost, you are never forgotten. And this song is about remembering to listen. Forever lost, you shone your light in the light of the stars. 
The wonderfully beautiful, talented Robin Walters. Thank you, Robin. So our practitioners for this week are Reverend Catherine McLeod, Sonia Rem, Elaine Warwick, and Vicki Picard. This team has been in service this morning with the meditation and will be available for one-minute ministry. And they are practiced and trained in the art and practice of spiritual mind treatment, affirmative prayer. So if there's anything you would like prayer support with, I invite you to put it on that opportunity for you card and throw it into the basket, and this team will do that treatment for you this week.
So we have, we're starting to do all sorts of neat things with our reading time. A couple weeks ago, it was the video, the YouTube thing. Well, this time we brought YouTube to us. Suzanne, <laughs> Su- Suzanne Wong has been the host of HGTV's House Hunters for almost 10 years. Also, she's played the outrageous character Polly in the NBC series Las Vegas. This woman is an award-winning stand-up comedian, a published author, a universal life minister, and a student of the science of mind philosophy. All the way from L.A., California, please welcome Suzanne Huang. Thank you, Catherine. Good morning, Edmonton. I'm Suzanne Wong, and I'm Asian. Thank you. Any other Asians in the house? What, what? Yellow yellow power? No? Okay. Uh, Thank you so much to Reverend Patrick Cameron and Catherine McLeod for arranging for me to be here, and to Dr. Gans Ferens for allowing me to share the stage with him tonight. Today, wow, it's nighttime to me. Uh, Shout out to the hot girl section right here. They They came to my show last night at the comic strip. Okay, so here's a quiz. By show of hands, who here is good at math? Good at math. Not just the Asian. Okay, good. So, guess what? I have made a profound discovery about God using the transitive property of mathematics. So some of you know this, but if you don't, the transitive property of mathematics states that if A equals B and B equals C, it follows that A equals C, right? Right. So, because God is me right? And I am an Asian woman. It follows that God is an Asian woman. Can I get an uh uh-huh? And by the way, that means that they're going to have to change all those drawings in the churches everywhere of God as a white man who's old with a long white beard. So I had written all this spiritual stand-up comedy to do for you, but I got guided by spirit to tell you this story instead. And I promise you every word of it is true. And it goes like this. Um, I saw that movie called The Secret. Somebody gave me the DVD of The Secret. And I watched it in my living room, and I loved it so much that I spent three grand buying a hundred copies of that DVD and giving it to everyone I love. And I had this idea to send it to Oprah Winfrey as well. But then the little demon voice came in and said, that's a stupid idea, and she'll never get it if you mail it to her, and she's already seen it anyway, and you're just an idiot. And I'm like, shh. And I figured, no, I'm just going to send it to her anyway, right? So I write her a letter, Dear Oprah, my name is Suzanne Huang. I saw this movie called The Secret. It's about the law of attraction and quantum physics. I love the movie. My dream is that you will watch it, you will love it, and you will do a show about it. And um, I also know that you read the book by Marianne Williamson, A Return to Love. And you love that book so much, you bought a thousand copies of it for everyone that you love. So that's what I'm doing on a smaller scale because you have more money than me. And then I signed it. I signed it. Blissings, because I like to make up words, and blissings are even better than blessings. Blissings, Suzanne Huang, and I put it in the mail to her, Harpo Studios, Chicago, and I forgot all about it. And a month and a half later, I'm in my car. I'm driving, and my cell phone rings, and I don't recognize the number, so I never answer the phone when I don't. And this voice says to me, you're going to want to pick up this call. So I pick it up, and I say, hello, and I hear, hi, Suzanne, this is Libby at Oprah Winfrey's office. And I started to drive like an Asian. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Hi, Libby. And she says, 
She says, listen to me, Suzanne. I never call anybody who sends anything here. If you had any idea the billions of pieces of mail we get, but I had to call you because last night a friend of mine dragged me to his house and forced me to watch this movie, The Secret. I had never seen it before. I loved it. I don't own it. I come into work the next morning, and there is your package on top of my desk. And I said, wow. And she says, Oprah's never seen this movie. You're the first person to send it to her. What? It had been out for a year. And I just thought, oh, that's incredible. She says, we're going to South Africa for six weeks. I'm going to bring it with us and make sure she watches it. And I said, that's great, Libby, thanks. And I hang up and my car levitated the rest of the way to where I was going. It was amazing. So six weeks later, I have it written down in my date book to call Libby the next morning. And I'm sitting at a coffee shop in North Hollywood, and I'm waiting for a friend of mine. And this man, who's like 30 feet away with a bunch of his friends, sees me, gets up, comes over, helps himself to sit at my table and says, hi. And I say, hi? And he says, how are you? And I said, I'm blissful. How are you? And he says, following my bliss, which is a good answer, so I let him stay. <laughs> so, so then he says, have you ever seen the movie The Secret? And I said, what? Not only have I seen it, but I'm the first person to send Oprah a copy. And before I could finish my sentence, he jumps up and starts running around screaming, oh, my God. And I said, what? And he said, do you know Oprah's doing a show about The Secret in two weeks? And I said, no? How do you know that? And he says, I go to Agape in Culver City, California, and Reverend Michael Beckwith, who was in The Secret, announced to the congregation that he's flying to Chicago in two weeks to do a show on Oprah about The Secret. And I said, oh my God, that's incredible. I have to call Libby, except that it was too late that night, so I had still had to call her the next morning. And then I said, wait a minute, why did you come over here, sit here, and ask me if I've seen The Secret? And he says, I have no idea. Amazing, right? So anyway, I start calling Libby and leaving her messages saying, Libby, I heard that you're doing a show about The Secret. Please, I want to come be in the studio audience. Yay. So then I went out of town to go to the Sundance Film Festival, came back into town, forgot all about it, and realized it's January 29th, and the taping's January 31st. It's Monday, the taping's Wednesday, and I haven't heard back. Now, luckily, I read The Four Agreements, and it says, don't take anything personally, right? Because I could have gone to myself, Libby's a bitch, and she hates me, and I hate her. <laughs> but I didn't do that. And I thought, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And here, I get this idea. Divine voice comes in and goes, just go. So I decided I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go to Chicago with no invitation. So I get on the internet, JetBlue.com. They have just opened a terminal at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. So the night before, round trip L.A. to Chicago, 400 bucks. So I buy it because the universe is conspiring in my favor, right? So then I'm like, where am I going to stay in Chicago? I haven't been there in 20 years. And then I remember at the end of every Oprah episode, she says, guests of the Oprah Winfrey show stay at the Omni Hotel. So I'm thinking, Omni Hotel. So I book it, right? I'm not a guest of the Oprah Winfrey show, but I'm going to treat myself like one, right? I'm going to pre-pave my way, right? So I'm all ready. So my idea is I'm going to fly to Chicago tomorrow. I'm going to go to Harpo Studios, take off all my clothes, set my hair on fire, and sing the Star Spangled Banner, I don't care. I'm getting a ticket to that show, right? So on the way to the airport the next day, I get a phone call on my cell phone, and it says Oprah Winfrey's office, because I'm not stupid. I plugged that in. And I'm like, hello? And I hear, hi, Suzanne, this is Terry Golder from the Oprah Winfrey Show. I'm producing this episode of The Secret, and I got your information from Libby, and we would be honored to have you join us, because you're the reason why this is all happening. And I got all choked up, and I said, that's a good thing, Terry, because I'm on my way to the airport. <laughs> So I get to uh, Chicago's uh, O'Hare Airport. I get to the Omni Hotel. I'm checking in, and I realize I'm right behind Jack Canfield. 
for, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, and he was in The Secret. And I go, oh, and I just blurt out, hey, you're Jack Canfield from The Secret. And he turns around like, hi. And I say, hi, I'm Suzanne Wong. I'm the person that first sent Oprah the DVD of The Secret. And he says, oh, my God, Suzanne, you're the reason why we're all here. And I said, I know. <laughs> And of course he's staying there because guests of the Oprah Winfrey show stay at the Omni Hotel. Anyway, he brings his wife Inga over, and I say, ooh, is this your wife Inga who you rave about in The Secret? And she says, yes, and we have a lovely conversation. And then they say, see you tomorrow morning at the taping. They check into their room. I check into my room. I'm exhausted. I can't wait to unpack and just order room service and go to sleep. And then the divine voice comes in again and says, but this, one, this time it's annoying. It says, okay, now go to the hotel phone, call Jack Canfield, and see what he and Inga are doing for dinner tonight. And this time I said, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm tired. And I just talked to them, and that would be overstepping appropriateness, so I'm not doing that. And they said, shut up and do it now. So I'm thinking, oh no, I can't back down from this challenge. So my heart's pounding and I go, I call the hotel operator and they connect me. They put me through and I say, hi Jack, uh, this is Suzanne Huang. We just met in the lobby. And he says, yes we did. And I say, listen, I know it's a long shot, but what are you and Inga doing for dinner tonight? And he says, well, Suzanne, all of us from The Secret are all having dinner tonight in the hotel restaurant at 7 p.m. Why don't you join us? Okay, thanks, Bye. <laughs> So instead of having room service dinner by myself in my hotel room, I'm at the friggin' holy grail of high-vibing people having dinner with these panelists. It was incredible, right? I know. Amazing. So, and get this. We're at a rectangular table for ten, and there were nine people in their party. There was one empty seat just waiting for me to sit with them. We had a glorious meal. The next morning, I'm in the hotel lobby waiting to take a cab over to the taping, and they all happen to be there at the same time, getting into their stretch limos. Guess what? They have one empty seat in one of the stretch limos, and so now me and my new best friends are going in limos off to Harpo Studios. Great. So I go to the taping. I'm sitting in the center in the second row. It's glorious. It's such an incredible experience. I'm surprised the building didn't achieve liftoff and levitate. It was incredible. And, uh, and then um, after the taping, Oprah had the secret panelists get on stage and do photo ops with her. And I'm thinking, I want my picture taken with Oprah. So I raise my hand and I say, Oprah, can I have my picture taken with you? And she goes, get up here, Suzanne. And so she puts her arm around me with having her picture taken. They say they'll Federal Express the photo to me. And it is not until I'm on the plane from Chicago back to L.A. that I remember that four months before this moment, I had cut out a photo of me and scotch taped it next to a photo of Oprah. And I put it in my magical creation box and forgot all about it. And now I have a real picture of me and Oprah hanging on my living room wall. And that is my Oprah secret story. <laughs> and to me, it's, it's just proof that a small gesture done with great love can completely change the world. It's a small gesture to take a movie and write a letter and put it in the mail. But I did it with so much love and clear high intention that it has had a huge ripple effect. So I just encourage you, if you have any small idea of how you can change the world, please just take action on it and throw yourself fully into it. And thank you for letting me share this story with you. Peace and blessings. Okay. That was only part A. It just keeps getting better and better. Okay. So, 
As some of you know that uh, Reverend Patrick is away in California celebrating the graduation of his son, Matt, and, and Laura is there with him, of course. So we do have a guest speaker. And uh, before I introduce our guest speaker, I'd just like to take a moment and ask you to join me in consciousness grounding yourself so we can do some spiritual mind treatment affirmative prayer together. So in this place of vibrant energy, in this place of laughter and receptivity, I remember to remember the truth. The truth that there is only one, one power, one life. It is the life of spirit and it is my life right here and right now. It is who and what I am. And I allow it to come through me as I give my gifts and talents, as I say yes to life, as I remember my purpose and allow it to be expressed in each and everything I do. I open my heart and mind today to hear a message that will transform my life by remembering to remember the truth that I am spirit expressing and I say yes to the co-creation of my life with peace, with blessings, with joy, with love, with gratitude, and with passion. So I know that today's service continues to unfold with the most amazing message. And I do my part by opening my heart and mind to hear it and allow it to go into my consciousness and I put it into practice in my life. For I say yes to life and life says yes to me. And so I'm in great gratitude for all of the gifts, all of the people here, this fabulous day. And I'm in mostly great gratitude for saying yes to life and knowing that it is operating through me right here and right now. So I release it knowing it is already done, and together we say, and so it is. Okay. Are you just quivering with anticipation? <laughs> Our guest speaker is Yahoo! So it's my great pleasure to introduce one of our congregational members. Dr. Gans Ferenc is a registered psychologist He's featured on CTV nationally, so he's our local star, and he specializes in success coaching, and you are in for a treat. Please welcome Dr. Gantz France. So how many of you have ever had an unproductive thought? Excellent. Thank you. How many of you have ever had one recently? <laughs> okay, thanks. I had a few this morning, actually. So um, anyway, I'm really glad you're here. Thank you. Um, we're going to have a conversation this morning. So is it okay if when I ask a question, you answer out loud? Yes. Oh, this is better. <laughs> this group is faster. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to talk, and I'd like you to actually answer me. So that's great. Perfect. Thank you. So how many of you um, have ever flown on an airplane? Yes, excellent. Thank you. Good. Yeah, yeah excellent. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a, the, talk, the talk today is called uh, Change Your Mind, Change Your Life, Change the World. And a lot of us, you know, and, and Suzanne gave a, just a, a fantastic example of that, right? Give her another hand, please. <clears throat> she was able to listen to the right voice, right? How many of, how many of us have ever uh, sort of talked ourselves out of a good idea? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's happened before, right? So, the idea of the airplane, I want you to consider your life like an airplane, and this is a special airplane because this airplane 
uh, it doesn't need a pilot. Well, it needs a pilot, but the pilot doesn't actually fly the plane. It can fly the plane, but this, this plane flies by autopilot all the time. So the interesting thing is the plane comes from the factory, and it's already got some programming in it. It's already got some destinations put into it, okay? So as soon as it takes off, it flies wherever it needs to go. It adjusts to the wind. It does everything it needs to do and lands on its, at its destination 100% of the time. So the pilot's job is not to necessarily fly the plane, but is actually to program the destination into the autopilot. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you. Okay, so... So that's, that's part of the analogy I want to talk about. But let's, let's also talk about our minds for a second. Which do you think is more powerful, our conscious mind or our unconscious mind? Or, or subconscious, let's call it subconscious. Sub. Okay, let's take a vote. Let's take a vote. Conscious mind, how many people? Ooh. Subconscious mind. Ah, okay. Ooh, ah. Um, so I was listening to Bruce Lipton, and he wrote The Biology of Belief, and he was saying that the conscious mind can process 60 bits of information every second, which is pretty good. The unconscious mind can process 60 million pieces of information in one second and operates about 95% of the time. Most of what we do is unconscious. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. So back to our plane. So the, the pilot in our example is the conscious mind. And the autopilot, in our example, is the unconscious mind, okay? Now, the pilot can go in and can grab the stick, right, and can change course and can do that. It's going to have to fight against the autopilot, of course. But as soon as he has to pee, guess what? <laughs> Goes back to the course, right? It gets, it's adjusted back, okay? And no matter what he does, as long as he's, not paying, as long as he's paying attention, he can hold on course. But as soon as he lets go of the stick, it's going right back to where it normally goes. Does that make sense? Okay. Has anyone had that experience in life at all? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. It's not just me. Good. Um, so the, the, the programming uh, comes with a few, there are a few things that come in the programming that typically a lot of people get. Okay. So I'm going to just check to see if you guys have this as well. One of the programs, one of the destinations that's programmed into our autopilot, and by the way, the programming happens from our parents, from, you know, society, um, from media, um, actually what's called consensus reality. Has anybody heard that term before? Yeah? Okay. Consensus reality. It's basically, it's basically what, what we all kind of agree that reality is, okay? So a couple hundred years ago, reality was that the world was flat, yeah? Yeah. But is that really reality? But back then it was, until some guy sailed and didn't fall off the edge, and all of a sudden the world's round, right? New reality. It was reality that we couldn't fly. People couldn't fly, weren't meant to fly, right? That was reality. Except people did, and then all of a sudden we're flying on jets now, okay? So reality changes all the time based on what we say is consensus, okay? So I'll tell you how this relates. But let me ask you, let me ask you this. How many people were, when they were in school, were ever graded on the curve? Yeah, okay. Did you like it? No. Did you? Yes. <laughs> so I'm guessing you were a curve buster. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, guess what? Today we're all going to become curve busters. Okay. <laughs> Is that all right? Okay. We want to skew the curve because if we skew the curve, we screw. We no screw. Well, you might get some of that too, but you skew. 
reality. <laughs> okay? Skew reality. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we want to skew reality in the positive direction, okay? So we want to change consensus reality to, to something different. So let's talk about one more, sub, one more topic before we get to our airplane example. Um, can somebody give me the definition of normal, please? <laughs> the, the cycle on the washing machine, okay, so as opposed to fluffy or... That's right. <clears throat> so normal, normal is actually a statistical term that means what the majority of the people are, okay? So if the majority of the people in your particular sample are unhappy, stressed, worried, sick, um, frightened, guess what? That's just normal. So you show up at somewhere, well, you know, everybody goes through that, that's just normal. Who likes being normal? Oh, good, good answer. <laughs> I hate normal. I hate normal. I enjoy being weird. I really do. I like it. Be Thank you. Because <laughs> guess what? How many things of... of purpose? How many things that have changed people's lives have been done by normal people? None. None. Thank you, Suzanne. <laughs> it's us weird ones, right? Yes. All, all the time. Everybody that's done anything of worth has always been ridiculed, always been out, an outlier, always been outside of the norm. And that's what we need to do, too, here, because we're going to be curve busters, right? We're going to skew the curve, right? <laughs> So anyway, back to the uh, initial programming that typically, typically we have. So one of the things that a lot of us have, and let me know if this is true for you, I know it's true for me, the idea or the belief that there's virtue in suffering. How many people had that one? Yeah, okay. So what happens with that? As soon as we do something that we don't suffer with, well, it's not really that valuable, right? It's not really worth that much because we didn't, we didn't struggle too hard to get it, so it's really not that important right? The opposite is also true. If something comes too easily, no, 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 that's not good. There's no virtue in that, okay? Or there's guilt involved. So what happens when the universe is trying to pour the abundance down on us, and we have this idea that there's virtue in suffering, and we want to be, what, virtuous people, yeah? Yeah. So what, what do we do? Yeah, we block it. We, we push it away. We won't let it in, Okay. What would have happened if Suzanne had done that, <laughs> right? What would have happened? It wouldn't have worked. She wouldn't have let that in. Yeah, but that's some of the, the programming that we get. So, and the other programming is the whole normal piece, right? We want to fit in. We want to be part of the crowd. We want to make sure that we're just like everybody else so we don't stand out too much, okay? So those are the two things that typically many of us have uh, pre-programmed into us when we come from the factory, so to speak. Okay? So how many people would like to change that today? Yes? Excellent. Okay. So there are a couple of phrases that we're going to practice. The first one is, well, and let me back up before I go there. We talked, uh, Suzanne talked about doing small things with great kindness and big things happen, right? Yeah. So that's, that's basically chaos theory. It's, you do small things and big things, the result is big. So how many people here have ever dreamed of changing the world? Yeah, yeah. You want to do big things, 
okay? But how many people here sometimes felt like you, what you were saying to Suzanne, it's like, no, Oprah's already got this, we don't need this, no, I'm just going to look stupid, I'm just going to bugger. How many people ever talked themselves out of that and, and stayed small? Yeah. yeah, okay. So here's the first reprogramming of your autopilot today, okay? So I'm going to say the phrase, and then after I want you to repeat it with me, okay? It is my right and my responsibility, because we know that as we improve, we can help improve the people around us, right? I got a saying, it says, live bigger, give bigger. Live bigger, give bigger, okay? So it is my right and my responsibility to live a big life, okay? So I'd like you to repeat that, please. It is my right and my responsibility to live a big life. Okay, one more time with feeling. It is my right and my responsibility to live a big life. Excellent. Now turn to your neighbor on the right and left and tell them that. With feeling. Excellent. How do you feel? Bigger. Better. Okay. So if you had a task to perform right now, if you had to parent your children, or if you had to apply for a job, or make a phone call, do you think it would be better or worse right now? Better. Better. Okay. So that's one. The other one is, there is no precedent for my life. There is no precedent for my life, okay? Because is that true? Who's lived your life before you? Nobody. So does it make sense to try to fit in with like, you know, the the way your parents lived your life? Or lived your life, lived their life? (laughs) Or they want you to live your life, right? Um, Does it make sense to go with sort of the cultural reality of whatever you got going on for you? No? Or, you know, what everybody tells you should be your path? No. There's no, there's no precedent for it. What if you believe you came back? Well, then you got a different experience this, this time around, right? What's that? It Would it be precedent for your life now? I would think so. If, if you're exactly the same person, and, and, and again, you know, chaos theory again, right? Small changes have big effects. If you're showing up here, even if you're the exact same person you were three or four hundred years ago, this context is different, right? Nothing's the same. So there is no precedent for your life. Okay? All right. So please repeat that again with feeling. There is no precedent for my life. One more time. There is no precedent for my life. All right, tell your neighbors, please. <laughs> precedent. <laughs> you might elect yourself president, but yeah. <laughs> How do you feel? Good. Okay, do you guys feel a little bit better than when you walked in here this morning? Okay. So what would it be like if you um, felt this way most of the time? Would that be a good thing or a bad thing? Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So 
we're now pro, repro, we're starting to reprogram the autopilot, yeah? Okay. So, now that we've made those decisions, we've said those things, is that enough? No. no. What, what else do we need? Action, practice, repetition. We need to keep going. We need to do it over and over. So now you've got two phrases. I mean, you know, you can make up some more of your own. But you've got two phrases that you can use now whenever things start to go off the rails for you. Whenever you start to feel. And, and, and again, pay attention to your feelings because that's how you know when you're kind of sliding. So when you start to feel down, then you say those things. What are those things? And what else? There's no precedent, so I can do whatever I want. And I don't have to, don't have to match what other people think. I can walk my path. Yeah? Okay. So I want to give you one story before we end to kind of anchor some of the stuff. So this is the parable of the fruit trees. Okay? So there's two fruit trees that live in an orchard. Two trees, Dick and Jane. Okay? So... So it's springtime, and the, uh, the farmer comes along and, you know, puts some, you know, digs up the roots and puts some fertilizer down and pours lots of water in and really makes sure the ground, the, the environment's rich so that the, the trees can do their very best. So Jane, Jane just is loving it. She's like, oh, what a great spring. And she sticks her roots deep into the ground, and she starts soaking up all the nutrients that are there. She starts soaking up the water, soaking up the, all, the, all the great uh, minerals and everything, and she's just loving it. And that's all, she's, that's all she cares about. She's just enjoying her experience of soaking up the minerals with her roots. Dick starts off that way, but then he says, you know what? Oh, man, I, I wonder if I'm going to have the same kind of fruit that I did last spring. And, you know, so, so he pulls up some of his roots and starts looking at his branches, okay? Says, okay, well, you know, nothing's there yet. Okay, so he starts thinking. He starts really trying to produce fruit. So he says, fruits, fruits, give me more fruits, okay? And then he starts thinking, wait a second, I wonder what Jane's doing. I wonder how her fruit is looking. So he pulls up some more of his roots and starts looking at Jane and Jane's branches. And says, wow, look at Jane's branch. What's going on with mine? Oh, so he keeps going back and forth thinking and checking out Jane. So he keeps doing this, and of course Jane, she's just soaking up the nutrients, just enjoying the abundance that the farmers provided for her. And, you know, eventually, fruit pop up, okay? So what do you think happens with Dick? Dick is just out of his mind. It's like, ah, what's happening? How come I don't have fruit? Look at, look at Jane's fruit, ah, right? And he's, he's having a really hard time. Meanwhile, Jane's just soaking up the abundance, soaking up the goodness of the environment that she's in. She's just enjoying that. Later, uh, a little storm comes along starts blowing stuff around. Jane barely notices. She's so deep into the ground. She's sucking up those nutrients. She's enjoying what's been provided for her that, you know, some of her dead branches fall off and some dead leaves and stuff like that fall off. But it's no problem. She sways a little bit. Everything's fine. But, you know, what happens is because she's uh, cleared off some of her dead stuff, the stuff that's left is stronger. And all of a sudden, more fruits start popping out. And so they're bigger and they're more luscious. Meanwhile, Dick... Dick is just holding on for dear life. He's got one, one bunch of roots up here, another uh, roots here, and he's swaying back and forth, and he's also trying to hold on to the dead stuff that's holding on to, that that's, he still has. He doesn't want to let go of that stuff. And this goes on and goes on. Eventually, what happens is a butterfly comes along, lands on Dick's branches, and it's too much. He can't hold up anymore because he's got all his roots are up here now. right? He just tips over and he's done. Dick is done. Okay. Jane, though, because she's soaked up the nutrients, she's enjoyed them, just an abundance of fruit. Fruit without even trying. 
fruit are falling on the ground, the animals are coming and eating it, taking her seeds and spreading them everywhere. The farmer comes along and has an abundance of fruit. So she is, she's abundant with her fruit. So what is the moral of the story? Don't be a dick. <laughs> Exactly right. Don't be a dick. <laughs> or you'll end up like Dick, right? <laughs> dick was done. That's right. So soaking up, like or just focusing on the abundance that you have, what is there with you, and just enjoying that, just taking it in, allowing it in, enjoying the abundance, naturally you'll produce what you want in your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So I've left you with two phrases. I want to hear them one more time before we're done. What's the first one? Excellent. Thank you. And the second one? Excellent. Thank you. You've been a great audience. Thank you. Thank you. And we continue on with part C. It just gets better and better. Robin again.
Are you feeling good? Whoa. Are you going to go out and make a difference in this country, in this community this week? Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to invite our ushers forward so that we can make a difference in this community through our gifts. And I'll just invite you to take your gift in your hand and know right here and right now that each of us is giving our gifts and talents with joy, with passion. And I know that these gifts are transmuted into the energy of the programs that this center offers, making a difference one person at a time in this community, in this country, and making a difference in the world. So I'm in great gratitude right here and right now for all of it. And so it is. like to invite my fellow staff ministers, practitioners, Gan, San, Suzanne forward to join me as we close today's service. 
I'd like to remind you that Gans and Reverend Connie are doing this fabulous workshop. And I'm being primed in the background. It's very good. Suzanne has one more show at West Seven Tamal, the comic strip, Bourbon Street, if you'd like to catch her. And we have some people that were there last night said it was fabulous. So if you want to go for a laugh, we know that... We open ourselves up to receptivity and the humor. So let's go together and make a difference in this world, taking this message out. So join me in consciousness, remembering there's one power, one presence. It is love. And it is flowing in, as, and through me. And I tap into this powerful presence of love and receptivity to choose my life experience and say yes to my conscious choice and let go of living my life on autopilot. I step into that big idea of my life, saying yes to that intuitive voice that is guiding me and saying no to that little voice that is holding me back. For it is all spirit, and I consciously co-create my life right here with joy, with passion, with peace, with joy and exuberance. For as I give, I receive, and I choose to live a bigger life right here and right now. I step into it, and it says yes to me, and I say yes to it, and I'm in great gratitude for all of it. As I release it, I know it is already done. I'd ask you to join with me and saying yes. And so it is. Please stand and join me in singing Go With God. <laughs> 